Hello, this is Denise welcoming you to the 2345th edition of the Enfield Talking Newspaper, dateline the 1st of June 2023. The readers this week are myself, Denise, Angela and the lovely Roz with Has on the Controls. Editing, production and distribution is by the team. Our title music is Country Rock Polka, composed by Pat Prillet, Ferdinand Bouillon, Harry Breur. It is performed by Jean-Jacques Perry and is used with his kind permission. The local news stories that we will be reading come from the Enfield Independent newspaper and the N21 magazine and are their copyright. For the week beginning the 5th of June, the sunrise time is 4.46am and the sunset time is 21.12. We also have some special notices from Enfield Vision. Enfield Vision, we are a group of visually impaired people determined to improve the environment and to reduce the everyday problems of blind and partially sighted people. We are registered with the Charity Commission as an organisation with the specific aim of promoting the well-being of visually impaired people living in Enfield. We hold a drop-in morning on the third Thursday in each month from 10am to 1pm at Park Avenue Resource Centre, Bushhill Park, Enfield. Our exercise classes are now running again, no pun intended. Here are the dates for the next few months. Thursday the 20th of April, Thursday the 18th, oh May, sorry, we, we've passed and gone, we've passed all those. The next one is Thursday the 15th of June, Thursday the 20th of July, Thursday 17th of August, Thursday the 21st of September, Thursday the 19th of October and Thursday the 16th of November. For further information, please contact us on 0208 Three seven three six two six zero. I'll read that again. That's o two o eight three seven three six two six zero, and you can email us on information at enfieldvision.org.uk. Do get in touch with us to share your own news and special announcements. We love to hear from you. If you have any comments about the Enfield Talking newspaper, please phone Diane de Jersey on 07899 I'll just repeat that. That's 07899 She's your listener's representative and will be pleased to help you. The headline today is, He showed no remorse at all. Jail for robber who targeted lone women. And now Angela will read the lead story. A robber who targeted lone women across North London, leaving them terrified, has been jailed. Marco Marquis Carella, 44, of no fixed address, carried out a spate of robberies in Enfield and Haringey during 2020 in April. Police said that Marquis Correa would target lone women in broad daylight before making off in a silver Vauxhall Corsa. 
Detective Constable Harry Man- Mansbridge, who led the investigation, claimed that he committed the offences against lone women, begin- believing he could easily take advantage of them and overpower them. He was found guilty of four counts of robbery and jailed for six and a half years at Woodgreen Crown Court on Friday. The first robbery took place in High Road Tottenham on April the 7th, 2020, around 10.55am. Five days later, Marquis Correa targeted a woman in Amherst, ha- Amherst Park near Stamford Hill early, early in the morning. On the 13th of April, a further two robberies were reported, one in Tottenham, Dyson's Road, and the other one in Lawrence Road, both before 9.45am. Police say Marquis Correa played a variety of different roles during the robberies, working with a number of accomplices. It is believed he sometimes physically committed the robberies, but on other occasions was tasked with driving the car. As part of the investigation... Detectives sought to identify further individuals involved in the robberies, but they remain unidentified to this day. After receiving reports of robberies, police were able to determine the silver Vauxhall Corsa as being registered to Marco Marquis Correa. He was eventually charged with four counts of robbery on September the 16th, 2022. Detective Constable Harry Mansbridge said, Correa provided no excuse for his involvement in the robberies. He was emotionless and showed no remorse for his actions throughout the trial. Marquis Correa and other robbers he worked with specifically targeted lone women as they believed they could take advantage and easily overpower them. Their violent actions left the victims terrified for their safety and has left a lasting impact on them all. I'd like to thank the quick-thinking individuals who called the police as soon as these robberies happened and provided information to the officers. World-renowned textile artist and Windrush elder Althea McNish has been commemorated with a blue plaque on the building where she lived and worked for over 60 years. The plaque was unveiled on May the 15th, which would have been her 99th birthday at her house in West Green Road. Althea died in 2020 at the age of 95, having been born in Trinidad and emigrating to Britain in 1951. She settled in Tottenham, got a degree in textile design at the Royal College of Art and went on to become an internationally acclaimed textile artist who designed for companies like Liberties. Her work included in the Victorian album collections too. Althea called West Green Road her home for so many years and Harrogate Council leader Pei Ahmet said, we have this opportunity to reflect on the contribution that she and the Windrush generation have made. The Windrush 75th anniversary is this June, marking the arrival of the Empire Windrush ship in Tilbury Docks, which brought the first immigrants from the West Indies. The plaque, paid for by the Mayor of London's office, results from a campaign by teachers and pupils at Tottenham's Ellesmead Primary School who are planning McNish's centenary celebration next year. And now we have an item uh, about Wasteland at South Tottenham Station transformed into an oasis. As a day-to-day fixture in many people's lives, railway stations can often be much more than just a travel link. 
At South Tottenham Station, colleagues from Arriva Rail London, ARL, have transformed the London Overground Station into a thriving hub of community activity for local residents. Over the past three years, station assistants Azaz Khan and Ray McDonough have worked tirelessly to convert a large area of wasteland at the station into an oasis, with constantly changing and evolving displays of flowers and beds for vegetables throughout the year. The work on the garden has evolved into a number of projects with the local community, opening up new relationships and changing attitudes. The latest ARL-funded project, which has been unveiled to mark the end of Community Rail Week, has seen art students from Gladesmere Community School design and produce eight pieces of artwork for the station. The artworks are inspired by the iconic Transport for London roundel, illustrating the values that the community in South Tottenham upholds. Gladesmore Community School's art department said, Gladesmore Community School is proud to have been asked to take part in this art project, showcasing the different values and talents of our young Haringey residents. Our Year 7 and Year 8 students, with funding from Arriva Rail London, have created these station roundels to brighten up the urban area and invite the local public and South Tottenham station users to celebrate and appreciate our diverse community through the eyes of future generations. Charlotte Whitfield, Customer Experience Director at Arriva Rail London, said the dedication and passion that Azaz and Ray have demonstrated to create wider change in the local community is truly inspiring. From a bakery providing wooden pallets to a gardener bestowing expert knowledge on soil pH levels, the response from the South Tottenham community has been fantastic. Local residents recognise the value of the community work at their station and want to be involved, offering help, advice and ideas. This feels like just the start of something very special for the area and its people. And now here's a tasty article for those of you who love... Asian food, sushi, rice bowls, gyoza, hot noodles and bao buns. New to Wood Green is the restaurant Itsu. The first 100 customers of a new Asian restaurant bar enjoyed a free treat. Itsu has opened a hot food restaurant in the High Road Wood Green on Friday and the first 100 people who walked through its doors were offered a bao bun of their choice, mm. including its first branded chocolate bao bun at no cost. Other customers coming in enjoyed throughout the day half-price food. Neil Miller, Itsu's chief customer officer, said, Our new opening on Wood Green's busy, thriving high street will be the perfect stop-off for those looking for a nutritious, affordable meal throughout the summer and beyond. A spokesperson said, It's taken 50 variations by the Itsu chiefs to ensure the rich quality chocolate flows molten warm from inside the fluffy bowl. Alongside kombucha and green tea... Refill water flasks are being sold at discounted prices, with a percentage of the sales going to the Blue Marine Foundation. Digital ordering screens have been designed for fast service, 
customization of hot dishes and instant access to nutritional and allergen information. All dishes on the menu are available for dine-in, takeaway and delivery. Well, I know what I'll be eating this evening. And now here's a spotlight on the South's toxic rivers. Southern regions of the UK had the highest proportion of rivers and lakes containing a toxic chemical cocktail, according to new research. The Wildlife and Countryside Link and the River Trust, which analysed Environment Agency, that's EA data, discovered that these chemical combinations which are proven to be harmful to wildlife were found in more than 1,600 rivers, lakes and groundwater sites across the country. The EA researchers tested for five different hazardous mixtures involving the forever chemicals, so-called because they do not break down. They are PFOS, PFOA, PFBS and PFHXS and the pesticide 2,4-D. And finally, the painkiller ibuprofen. The analysis shows that 96% of rivers and lakes in both the southwest and southeast were found to contain these toxic chemical cocktails. These were followed by London, where the cocktails were found to be in 91% of rivers and lakes. Gosh, this is a happy story. Despite containing rivers that had some of the highest number of individual chemicals identified, including the Stour, Thames and Medway, Lakes and groundwaters in London and the southeast had the fewest of these chemical cocktails. But the southwest was still found to rank poorly across the board, with 72% of groundwater sites found to have the chemical cocktails present. The northeast and northwest also fared poorly overall compared to other regions with 80% and 70% of river, lakes and groundwater sites being identified as having the toxic mixtures present respectively. And now here's another climate crisis item. Drivers should be charged on a per-mile basis in a major overhaul of the UK's motoring taxation system, according to a new report. A pay-as-you-drive scheme in the UK should initially apply to zero-emission vehicles before being expanded to cover all vehicles. Centre-right think tank, the Centre for Policy Studies, said this would replace fuel duty and vehicle excise duty, the document stated. The Future of Driving report says that under the plan to charge motorists on a per-mile basis... Drivers of ZEVs would pay less than those with petrol and diesel models to avoid denting the take-up of greener vehicles. All vehicles would receive an annual allocation of tax-free miles with more for those owned in remote areas. And now news about Enfield Town football. Enfield Town announced the departure of several players as well as dates for pre-season friendlies over the past week. Stalwart Nathan MacDonald moves on after playing 321 times in two spells between 2014 and 2023, making him the club's second highest appearance maker. MacDonald kept 12 clean sheets last season as Town just missed out on the Isthman League Premier Division playoffs and won Players' Player and Supporters' Player of the Year awards. 
and he has been followed through the exit door by striker Adam Cunnington, who scored 14 goals in 80 appearances after joining in December 2020, including the 2022-2023 goal of the season against Herne Bay. Lyle Delaverde leaves the club having scored 29 times in 104 appearances across two spells, while ex-professional James Dayton has also departed after signing at the start of the last season. New manager Gavin McPherson continues to build his squad for the new campaign, which will begin at home against QPRB on July the 15th at 3pm. Town will also host St Albans City, July the 18th at 7.45pm, and Bracknell Town, July the 22nd, 3pm, before visiting Wellingarten City, July the 25th, 7.45pm, and Waltham Abbey in July. I'm very happy to report that energy bills are to fall after the price cap reduction. The average household energy bill will fall by £426 a year from July after Ofgem dropped its price cap following tumbling wholesale prices. The regulator announced it is cutting its price cap from 3280 to 2074 from July the 1st, making the first-time consumers on default tariffs um, seen their price fall since the global gas crisis took hold more than 18 months ago. Ofgem's latest cut means its cap will again govern household bills, resulting in a reduction of £426 from 2500 to 2074 That's a fall of about 17%. Ofgem Chief Executive Jonathan Brearley said people should start seeing cheaper energy bills from the start of July. And now we have an item uh, on uh, climate crisis once again. Um, a bid to storm stage at Shell AGM. A shareholder rebellion against Shell's board has secured a fifth of votes at a shareholder meeting where climate change protesters tried to storm the stage. Suited members of the security team in London linked hands to Shield Chairman Sir Andrew Mackenzie and Chief Executive Wael Sawan as a handful of protesters attempted to run onto the stage. Campaign group Fossil Free London later claimed responsibility for the rush, while several other groups also sang songs and chanted slogans against the producer of oil and gas. The chaotic scenes at the Excel Conference Centre in London last week came as shareholders were asked to vote on Shell's environmental report. Most did, but an alternative plan proposed by activist investors at Follow This secured 20.2% of the votes. Considering that up to 99% of shareholders voted along with the board on the other 25 resolutions... 20% of support and a significant number of abstentions clearly indicates shareholder discontent. Follow this founder, Mark Van Baal, said after the meeting. Uh, from the uh, Independent, there is an article about uh, the Jewish gay community. So, 
It begins. Thousands of people on Thursday marched in Jerusalem's Pride Pride Parade, an annual event that took place for the first time under Israel's new far-right government, which is stacked with openly homophobic members. The march in the conservative city is always tense and tightly secured by police and has been racked by violence in the past. This year, Israel finds itself deeply driven over a contentious government plan to overhaul the judiciary. The plan has torn open long-standing societal divisions between those who want to preserve Israel's liberal values and those who seek to shift towards more religious conservatism. Jerusalem's march is typically more subdued than the one in gay-friendly Tel Aviv, where tens of thousands of revelers pour into the streets for a massive multicoloured party and there is a spectacular photograph of people in the most brightest, colourful, glittery, happy, smiling faces with lots of flags and whistles and they're obviously having a good time. Thursday's parade is amid tight security and it drew a bigger crowd than usual in a show of force against the government and its plan to reshape the legal system. There isn't one struggle in Israel for democracy and another one for LGBTQ plus rights, opposition leader Yair Lapid said in a speech to the crowd. In the same struggle against the same enemies in the name of the same values. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government is made up of ultra-nationalist and ultra-religious parties who openly oppose homosexuality, although the Israeli leader has promised to protect LGBTQ rights and a member of his party who is gay is is the Knesset speaker. And that is followed by another beautiful picture of revelers dressed in rainbow flags walking alongside some rather stern-looking but smartly-dressed soldiers. And now we come to an article about gardens and budgeting, redesigned gardens, which is still a good choice in these challenging financial times, as gardens need regular review and refreshing. With the cost-of-living crisis dominating our day-to-day budgeting, we have to balance our priorities and often make difficult choices. However, it is important to keep your garden ticking over, looking good and well cared for. Not only do gardens enhance our well-being and enjoyment, but they improve the appearance of our properties and inflate its value. If you feel that you do not have the time, knowledge or ability to take this on yourself, be assured that employing a professional can actually save you money and ensure you achieve your aims. Beth Cato's mantra of right plant, right place has become a fundamental principle of horticulture and assessing your plot with its soil and orientation is crucial to understanding what plants will thrive and endure for years to come. It is easy to be seduced by a plant at its peak in a garden centre and then to rue the day that it's purchased when it falls and looks poor a few months later. So devising a scheme of plants suitable for your gardens, prevailing conditions and agreeing a plant budget in advance will help and avoid these costly mistakes. Not overcrowding borders to allow space to grow is also an important cost-saving consideration as it's enriching the soil with good quality organic matter to give the plants a good start and the night-growing medium. Choosing a plant that provides a long-term interest means that, especially in a small place, the right, well-chosen plant can look attractive for years. 
recognising the amount of maintenance needed is also an important assessment. Evergreen shrubs tend to require less maintenance and climbers need regular tying in to look good. Introducing height, maybe, with a tree or two, together with some taller shrubs, creates tiered planting and gives a garden an immediate mature and attractive appearance. With climate change also affecting what thrives in our garden, plants need to be tough and adaptable and may require special consideration and care. So remember, make those wise choices about your garden's layout, the widths, the borders and the choice, and happy gardening. And now we have a motoring article. In the 55th anniversary year of the iconic film Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, two of the vehicles that starred in the film have returned to one of the filming locations as part of a commemoration service for Sally Ann Howes, who played Truly Scrumptious. On Sunday the 21st of May 2023, both the reconstruction Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and the original 1909 Humber 8 horsepower used in the film returned to Russell's Water in Oxfordshire, to the spot where they filmed Truly Scrumptious driving the Humber into a duck pond as she encounters members of the Potts family, Caraticus, Jeremy and Jemima. The vehicles, being provided by the National Motor Museum at Bewley in the New Forest, were parked near to the pond as part of a commemoration service following the death of Sally Ann Howes in December 2021. The service included guests from Russell's Water Village Committee, the National Motor Museum and Sally Ann Howes family members, including her nephew Rupert Howes and his daughter Ella Howes, who has recorded a modern arrangement of the classic Sherman Brothers songs by composer Alfie Godfrey. A tree was also planted together with a commemorative plaque alongside the pond, which has become a pilgrimage for fans of the film from across the world. Six chitty vehicles were built by Alan Mann for the purpose of filming, one of which, still owned by the filmmakers Eon Productions, is proudly on display at the National Motor Museum. The 1909 Humber 8 horsepower, driven by Truly Scrumptious, was originally purchased in 1959 by the late Edward Lord Montague of Bewley as a wedding present for his first wife, Belinda, Lady Montague, and loaned to Eon Productions for the filming of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And we have a fabulous photograph here of the two chitty cars with gleaming metal bonnets, red wheels and polished wooden bodies and a still from the film of Truly Scrumptious having driven her car into the duck pond and being helped out by Caraticus Potts. A letter now from Holly Mason from Pooch and Mutt with eight points uh, to advise you on how to keep your pets safe. As the Met Office releases its weather predictions for June... The UK is set to experience predicting temperatures as high as 35C with an African plume sweeping across Europe. However, excessive sun exposure and heat can pose problems for our pets. Expert advice and vet doctor Linda Simon can help keep your dog safe. First, walk the dogs early in the morning or later in the evening. Ideal times for dog walks are early mornings before the ground heats up 
and at sunset when the temperature drops. Avoid walking in the hottest part of the day to prevent heat stroke and protect your dog's paws from hot pavements. Two, always make sure they have the option of a, sa- of a shaded area. Like humans, dogs enjoy sunbathing but can get overheated. It is important to provide a shaded area where they can cool down, keep the door open for them to seek shade indoors or set up a tent for the dog. Three, keep them hydrated. Keeping a stubborn dog hydrated in the summer can be difficult. Offering ice cubes is a good way to get your dog to take more water as rather than a drink, they'll see it as a snack. Be careful not to offer these when it's too hot though as changing your dog's body temperature too drastically could send them into shock. Another way to keep your dog adequately hydrated is to soak their favourite toys in cold water. This way, when they play with them, they're likely to get a drink of water out of them. Fourth tip, freeze their food. Freezing your dog's food is a great way to keep them both cool and occupied. Sorry, Try stuffing your dog's favourite meal or treat into Kong. Into Kong? What's a Kong? <laughs> Try stuffing your dog's favourite meal or treats into a Kong or spreading them onto a lick mat before popping them in the freezer. When freezing the food in a Kong or a similar treat dispensing toy for your dog, it is important to supervise them to ensure they don't cover the holes as this can create suction and potentially pose a safety risk. Five. Keeping your car cool. Leaving a dog in a hot car is dangerous, so it's best to avoid it in the summer. If necessary, leave them for no more than 15 minutes. Prior to leaving, run the AC and open the window slightly to remain a cooler car temperature when travelling with your dog to ensure a comfortable temperature. 6. Get them well-groomed before or as soon as the hot weather begins to remove excessive hair. Most dogs will shed hair all year round, but in the lead up to summer, shedding can increase to make way for a lighter summer coat. Often without a good brush or a professional groom, the loose hairs will sit on your dog's body while keeping them warm. But as the weather heats up, your dog will suffer. Seven, invest in the safety of your pooch. Keeping dogs safe and comfortable in the summer is essential, along with mentioned, the above-mentioned tips. Investing in cooling mats or vests can provide comfort spots for your dogs who love to sunbathe. Portable water bowls and bottles are also worth investing in for walks or car journeys. Eight, known signs of heat stroke. Recognising the heat stroke in a dog is crucial as this can be life-threatening. Common signs include excessive panting, drooling, reddening gums, vomiting, diarrhea, confusion, uncoordinated movement, collapse, and in severe cases, seizures. If you observe any of these symptoms, it is important to seek immediate veterinary assistance for the best chance of a positive outcome. A much-loved restaurant has announced its closure after operating for 31 years. Established in 1992, Banners in Park Road, Crouch End, has become a well-known establishment in the community and the restaurant has a Bob Dylan table after the singer-songwriter dined at the place in August 1993. Announcing the closure on Instagram, owner Juliet Banner wrote, 
I could write this message with a, with a heavy heart, but instead it's filled with an overwhelming feeling of gratitude and accomplishment. To the people of Crouch End and anyone who has walked through our doors over the past 30 years, Banners will be sadly closing in September. She said that the staff were emotional when she announced the news, but it was a pure representation of the character of this wonderful group of people who have self-styled the vibe of the restaurant over the years. The owner added, I was 27 when I bought the odd kebab shop and then became Banners. It's 31 years of hard work for everyone. Innumerable laughs and lifetime friendships formed. Very importantly, it's still hugely enjoyable. A good point to exit, but it's certainly not cheerio yet. Just a heads up to you, our truly exceptional Banners customers, that we are still here till September. And now we have some football um, news. Ryan Mason said he and his coaching staff have done a great job during his second spell as Tottenham's interim manager. Tottenham closed their Premier League season with a resounding 4-1 win at relegated Leeds on Sunday, but have failed to qualify for European football next season for the first time since 2008-9. Mason said, When I go on my summer holidays, I would hope and expect that everyone inside of our training ground knows who I am, who my team is and what we stand for. The hope and expectation is that you guys and everyone else sees that too. I know we've done a great job, I really do. Tottenham fought back from 2-0 down to draw 2-2 with Manchester United at home in Mason's first game back in charge and have since won two and lost three of their last five matches. The 31-year-old former Spurs midfielder, whose previous stint in temporary charge came after Jose Mourinho was sacked in 2021, replaced previous interim boss Christian Stellini with six games remaining. Tottenham had sacked Antonio Conte at the end of March and while they were then fourth in the table, they had exited all the cup competitions and weary fans had grown disillusioned over their team's playing style. The circumstances were very different, said Mason, who urged the club to get their next managerial appointment right. I think anyone in the world coming into this situation for six games, coming off the back of what had happened and the position we were in, was going to find it tough. Also, if you add into that, being on an interim basis where there's uncertainty makes it even tougher. But we've stuck to what we believe in. We've transitioned a little bit, I believe, in a short space of time and the players have responded. They've given us, given us everything and ultimately that's all I can ask. Throughout his six games in charge, Mason has called for the club to rediscover their identity and feels that is the biggest factor as they continue their search for a new manager. The most important thing for any club in world football is to have an identity. Know who you are and what you want to be and stick to that, he said. Mason also paid tribute to Harry Kane, who scored twice at Elland Road in what could be his last game for Tottenham, to take his league tally to 30 for the season. I think he probably doesn't get the appreciation he should, Mason added. The goals, yes, outstanding. A 30-goal season in the Premier League is incredible, but also his overall performances are just outstanding. 
I also think, as well as to go through what happened in the World Cup from a mental point of view, to come back and do what he's done for the past four or five months, I think it speaks volumes for the player and the person. Residents were warned of heavy smoke after a blaze broke out in a detached building in Enfield. The London Fire Brigade was called to Goldsdown Road on Sunday at 4.50pm to reports of a building fire. The service received 25 calls about the fire which damaged most of a single-storey detached building. In a tweet, the, uh, the London Fire Brigade said... Four fire engines and around 25 firefighters have been called to a fire on Goldstown Road in Enfield. Residents living nearby are being advised to shut doors and windows due to heavy smoke. Firefighters tackled the blaze for more than 90 minutes. Fire crews from Enfield, Chingford and Edmonton fire stations attended the scene. A London Fire Brigade spokesman said the cause of the fire is under investigation. And there are three photographs, uh, one of a very dark and smoky sky, another one of two firefighters with their hoses on full blast in tall grass facing a rather foggy, shrouded, burning building. A pub hoping to entice Beyonce fans has rebranded some of its beers with names drawing on the pop star's lyrics. Beavertown Brewery's Corner Pin Pub in High Road sits directly opposite Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where the Queen Bay is performing five shows this week. The pub said said it has changed the names of some of its on-tap beers to reflect the music icon's records. Beavertown's neck oil has become Necky with the good hair, a riff on the lyric Becky with the good hair, in fan favourite Lemonade, widely interpreted as a reference to husband Jay-Z's infidelity. Fans can now also sip on Gemma Bay, a take on Gemma Ray, and in place of Bones, there will be Bonalicious, a reference to Destiny Child song Bootylicious. The Corner Pin Pub will be open from 12pm on weekdays and from 11am on weekends, meaning fans will have plenty of time to sample the beers before the Renaissance concerts start. The renamed beers will only be available to drink until Sunday the June 4th, that's this weekend, the date of Beyonce's last performance in Beavertown's hometown. The pop star has already performed twice this week and is set to sing on Thursday, June the 1st and Friday, June the 2nd, as well as the final Sunday date. And now we have um, some more motoring um, news. The recent 76th Cannes Film Festival saw one particularly spectacular world premiere, but it was in the port area of the southern French town rather than on the cinema screen. This was where the BMW brand and boatmaker Tide presented the Icon, a new kind of flag bearer for sustainable mobility on water. The Icon is the first battery-powered marine craft of its kind and brings together locally emission-free travel with the vision of luxury that embraces pleasure. 
at 13.15 metres in length and with a top speed of 30 knots. This is a trailblazer for a new breed of watercraft with a battery electric drive. Innovations from yacht racing enable electrification and decarbonisation on the water. The ICON uses a battery electric drive system to set new standards in its sector in various ways. Up to now, marine electric mobility has been restricted to smaller, slower craft with comparatively little range. And the segment for faster boats with longer range is dominated by models with combustion engines. The ICON redefines this relationship between the dimensions, top speed and range of an electrically powered watercraft. A pair of 100 kilowatt electric motors convert the 240 kilowatt of energy supplied by six batteries from the BMW i3 into an eye-catching range of more than 50 nautical miles, approximately 100 kilometres. The craft can deliver an operating speed of 24 knots, while its maximum speed is 30 knots, 55 kilometres an hour. Spurred on by its innovative drive system and the foiling technology, the Icon makes almost silent progress without vibrations or shocks and without sending out waves. The UK government has provided unprecedented levels of grants and one-off payments to help with energy bills alongside more than 40 other support schemes, depending on your circumstances and income, to help with the cost of living. Through the Energy Price Guarantee and Energy Bill Support Scheme, the government has covered around half of a typical household energy bill this winter, saving about £1,500 by the end of June. In the summer months, less heat is used, but there are still actions you can take to reduce energy consumption. Information on the support schemes and energy-saving tips can be found at gov.uk forward slash help for households. The Energy Bill Support Scheme, along with the Energy Price Guarantee and other government cost-of-living support schemes, have already proved really useful for mum of four, Jaylene Pritchard. She lives in North Derbyshire with partner Ben, a market worker, and her children. Jaylene said, The children's school has been extremely busy and extremely accommodating. They're like family and really couldn't do more for us. One support scheme that has really helped our family is the Household Support Fund. Heidi Ketton, the school's early help manager, has also been helpful. She helped our family to fill out the application form so that we could get extra support. With the increase in energy bills and the cost of living, Jaylene and her family are not the only ones finding life tough and have benefited from government support. Uh, Once again, the information and support energy and energy saving and scheme tips can be found at gov.uk forward slash help for households. And here's some news about the recent Middlesex Cup Rugby Sevens event. Enfield Ignatians bag bowl silverware. 
Yes, the Enfield Ignatians didn't come away from the Middlesex Club Sevens empty-handed as they made a successful day of it by winning the bowl final of Grasshoppers RFC. The Blue and Golds made sure of some silverware after mastering Wasps Amateurs by 26-11 in West London. Meanwhile, Ignatians will begin their pre-season campaign on Tuesday, June the 20th at 7.30pm and the club continues to actively seek new recruits of all abilities and newcomers are invited to contact head coach Jack Wilson. In the first instance, he can be contacted on 07507 383726 or via his email at willow988.jw at gmail.com that's willow988.jw at gmail.com Well, we have reached the end of our programme, sadly, for this week. Thank you for listening. So from the team of myself, Denise, Angela and Roz, and Haz on the controls, it's... Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Please remember to turn over the address label in your postal packet, put the memory stick into the packet in a closed position and return it to us as soon as possible in readiness for the next edition. You can now also listen to our podcast by searching for Enfield Talking Newspaper on your favourite podcast app or listen to us on your smart speaker by saying Play Podcast, Enfield Talking Newspaper. Don't forget you can call Diane de Jersey regarding any help you may require in connection with Enfield Talking Newspaper on 07899 Eight five four five eight two. I'll read that again. That's O seven eight double nine eight five four five eight two. The Enfield Talking Newspaper will be with you again in one week's time. <laughs>